the South Coast End Zone Podcast. Extended coverage of high school football from sports editor Lori Lose of the Standard Times. Now, the South Coast End Zone. Welcome back, high school football fans, to South Coast End Zone, the podcast. I'm here with Standard Times sports editor Lori Lose. How you doing, Lori? I'm doing great. We are looking ahead to week six. We'll talk about some of the week five action last uh, Friday and Saturday. And then look ahead. We got uh, almost a full slate of games. Everyone except Voktech yeah, is so, playing this so week. So finally, Voktech gets the bye. They get their bye. Yeah. And they're uh, two and two, right? And going to their bye. So. Yep. Uh, yeah. Two big wins, yeah, they, two big losses. Kind of. Yep, they well, haven't, uh, haven't had a close game yet. Open the year, w- winning two straight, and then then they lost two going into the bye. So good time, good time to take a little break, regroup, and get back at it next week. So yeah, in fairly impressive fashion, out of the nine teams that we cover, seven of them are five hundred or better right now. Yeah, it's a and great season. Three are undefeated. Yeah, I know. And uh, we actually have a poll on our website right now asking people, uh, who do you think has the best shot at staying undefeated after this week? Uh, Poniquit's undefeated, uh, New Bedford, and Old Colony. Those are the three teams. So you can vote uh, for which team you think has the best shot at being, uh, you know, 5-0. and I'll put you on the spot. Which team do you think stays undefeated the longest? The longest. Not oh, just this week. I think, I, they, I think there's a couple of teams that will go to 5-0 and this week. You know, um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like... Uh, I feel like a Poniquit. Yeah. I feel like a Poniquit. That's the safe bet. Their biggest test is probably Somerset, Somerset, Somerset Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah. I mean, New Bedford still, I don't know who else they have, but I know they still have Brockton. Brockton will be the biggest Big, one. Yeah. And then Old Colony, I'm not they exactly. Got you know, and Dartmouth, I think, are the other games. Yeah. So, um, you know, but uh, but I, I would say probably a Poniquit slash New Bedford. You know what I mean? Like I that think Brockton New Bedford's got a chance to go in 7-0 here. Yeah. I, really I mean, do. it depends on how, how Brockton is this year. That's, I mean, I haven't really bit, read too question. much yeah, up on Brockton um, yet. So, uh, but yeah, that'll be a big one for them. And I'm also... I'm also feeling like if there's a team, and now you don't know how much better Brockton got, but if there's a team they beat last year, yeah. this year's team feels like it can beat a team that last year's team beat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but let's, uh, let's dive into the schedule here. So uh, we got three games on Friday, uh, all afternoon games, two of them at four o'clock. Uh, first off, we have the Indians of Dartmouth uh, hosting Bridgewater Raynham. It's be a tough test for the uh, one and three Indians. Yeah, um, you know, it, every year they, they play Bridgewater Rainham. It's always a challenge. Um, uh, Bridgewater Rainham, I guess, quote unquote, is a little down this year. They're one and four. Um, so they're they usually. Although I'm sure if you rattle off those four teams <laughs> they lost to, they're pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, New Bedford uh, being one of them. Yeah, New Bedford was one of them. Uh, I think they lost to, oh, was it Zavarian was one of the others. Um, I know their, their only win came over Duxbury, and it was a two point win uh, in week two. Um, but they've been outscored a combined uh, 140 to 98. Uh, but three of their uh, four losses have been by eight points or less. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're playing top teams um, and they're sticking with them. They're just and not the New finishing. Bedford game they had in control for two and a half quarters. Yeah, and New Bedford ended up coming back with that remarkable uh, comeback and just won the game. So uh, so it'll be uh, interesting to see if, if Dartmouth can kind of carry that momentum from last week's 12-7 uh, to 7 win over Durfee. Um, I, went, I was at that game. It was really exciting. Um, you know, the game was kind of a snoozer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Both teams... You know, really struggling to to finish on offense, but uh, down the stretch, uh, Dartmouth's defense really rose to the occasion. Uh, Dylan Pacheco forced a, a Durfee fumble uh, late, where it looked like Durfee was going to just hold on, um, you know, and, and run out the clock. And Cadence Chase recovered it. A few plays later, uh, Nolan Ellis is finding 
Eric Vieira, you know, on the right sideline streaking and, you know, 61 yards later, he's celebrating not only his 18th birthday, but he's celebrating uh, Dartmouth's victory. So, uh, Seems really, like a Dartmouth Durfee games the last couple of years. It's yeah, been, been, right I think down the year the before end. it was like, what, one point or two points? It was a Nate Oliver punt or kickoff return, I believe. Yeah. Was a game-winning score late in a 14-13 or 13-12. Yeah, something like that last year. Yeah. It was a close one there. Um, but, you know, both teams really, you know, kind of struggled a little bit. Um, you know, and then the defenses. I mean, you know, uh, I had had Max Ferrer uh, written down for my first half notes as being somebody to talk to after the game because he had two huge sacks. I mean, one I think they ended up losing 10 yards the other they lost seven yards and just kind of like you know momentum changing uh plays on defense so he was kind of huge um you know but they finally got in the win column you know but it's not easy for Dartmouth does not have an easy road they have no, it's not a lot of uh, easy Brid- wins you can circle yeah, the rest Bridgewater Raynham you know then they have uh I think um I don't think New Bedford is next week I think it's the week after that I'm not sure exactly who they have next week um but you know it's not going to be an easy road um you know and even though the, the Trojans don't have a great record they're not yeah don't sleep on them. yeah no don't don't (laughs) sleep on them at all um but that game is at four o'clock uh bridgewater rainham is at dartmouth stadium so you saw dartmouth twice this season you saw him against old rochester you saw him against durfee yes uh what's kind of the key for them is there something they got to get going in order to have some success is it is it dylan pacheco on the ground (laughs) it's tough because like their offense really was not great um against Durfee. But it was better against Old Rochester. It was better right? against Old Rochester. Um, Rick White and I were talking after the Durfee game, and the only time they really seemed to have a lot of success was when they ran the two-minute offense, which was okay. the Eric Vieira. Yeah, the hurry-up, and they only ran that the last drive of the game uh, against Durfee. And I think, if I remember correctly, against um, oh, Rochester, it seemed like maybe it wasn't their two-minute offense, but it was quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, like to, So when like, they get the pace going. When they get the pace going, then it, then, it, then it seems like that. And I mean, the big thing is, um, you know, Dylan Pacheco, him being able to, to, you know, like to keep moving the chains, you know, to be able to drive with him and then um, have Nolan Ellis um, complete some passes because they had some drives that just ended up stalling, you know, and, and they weren't able to convert. I forget how many um, times that they were, you know, uh, they ended up turning it over on downs, but it was multiple times in the game you know in the game against Durfee um so I think just being able to kind of you know establish that run game and then you know maybe you know get some passes in there and and kind of get the clock going and get some momentum because it, it seemed like against Durfee they never really had a feel like you know how mm-hmm. sometimes never teams get a rhythm, rhythm yeah. yeah there was no rhythm um and against I'm playing Ra- that no huddle can help you get into that it can help you get into that kind of everyone's yeah feeling the pace and kind of yeah because there was there was really no and on neither side there was really no pace um in that game and I think uh, I didn't even tweet out the halftime stats because <laughs> uh they it was too depressing <laughs> it was kind of like I think both teams had like under 90 yards of total offense you know in the first half so I was like ooh well good uh, old class and grinder out you know yeah, you know hey uh, an ugly win is better than a pretty win right you know yeah. that's what they say so well, I mean pretty, pretty, pretty loss, loss. I, mean, I think they take the yeah. pretty win yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty loss I meant well uh, speaking of pace we'll move on to the next game here uh, Poniquit is hosting a 4 o'clock game uh, on yeah. Friday they've been playing with a lot of pace this year uh, you know play very quickly yes. and move on to the next down very quickly which we as reporters hate because <laughs> we're scrambling all the time to make sure we get the yardage right yes, and the down and distance yeah, and, and all that. figuring out who it was. Um, and and yeah. they're hosting a DR team that uh, their record also belies, I think, kind of how good they are. Yep. Um, I kind of thought that I was going to watch old Rochester roll over them last week. And uh, they were pretty effective. They've played some tough teams this year uh, and just kind of been on the wrong side of some close losses. 
uh, one touchdown loss to Summers at Berkeley and then the one point loss yep. to old Rochester that they could have sent into overtime, um, but they decided to try to win it at the end and uh, didn't quite go their way. But they you know, took a gamble and got to give them credit for uh, you know, Coach Moore for taking a chance there. Um, but they had a pretty effective passing game. Yeah. Um, they weren't able to run it too was much John against Marcel? old Rochester. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, pretty effective, and uh, they were able to move the ball. And uh, you know, they the defense wasn't spectacular or anything. Um, you know, so Pontica was able to move the ball too. It was you know kind of a game where a lot of teams just going up Rochester, and down. Yeah. Uh, old Rochester, I'm sorry. So I'm guessing Pontica will be able to move <laughs> the ball as well. Uh, you know, Pontica has got an equally potent offense. So old Rochester's. Yeah, so. I was uh, I was um, reading up on on the Pontiac game last week. It looked like Kevin Hughes was kept out of the end zone. Like he still had a strong game overall, but he, you know, he, that was the first time this year that he hadn't been able to score. Yeah. I think he's only um, what 170 rushing yards. Yeah, though, so. you know, Voktek really like, uh, you know, I mean. It, they kept that game pretty close against the Pontiac. They did. It seemed like that was the game that Pontiac won, but they didn't win the way they wanted to. Yeah. They weren't really happy. I think they may have been kind of looking past yeah, Vogue Tech, past them looking bit, to this yeah. DR, looking to the Somerset-Berkeley games down the yeah, road. Yeah, because they still have a – I mean, as I was saying, that, that they have a good shot at going still undefeated, you know, throughout the, the beginning part of the, the season. I mean, they still have a tough schedule, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, DR, even though they're winless, they're not a true winless team. You know, of their – they've only – in four losses – They've been outscored a combined eighty-four to forty-four, mm-hmm. so that's not like they're not getting blown out. And it would make you think the offense, you know, you're thinking forty-four points in four games are not scoring, but they did move the ball. Yeah. against Old Rochester, that did not look like an offense that couldn't move the ball. I want to say they passed for about two hundred fifty yards. Yeah, and the re- uh, the quarterback he connected with three different receivers for touchdowns. I thought that was a mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's you know that might just be one guy that's that, yeah, yeah yeah you know but it kind of he kind of spread it around a little bit. Um, but the Lakers they've scored one hundred and twelve points uh, so far this. The year um in their four games their four wins and they've only given up uh 59 points so the defense has been rising to the and occasion they put a shout out on old rochester yeah, that's hard to do you know um and uh you know they have the wins over middleborough old rochester uh seekonk and Vogue tech so i mean they're kind of clicking on all cylinders um uh, you know i think that the offense had even though they weren't able to to put a lot of points on the board against Vogue tech they had a lot know, of yards they had a lot of yards yep. you know um and uh, kevin hughes i think he's had at least 110 rushing yards in every game yeah yeah, all season, so he's, you know, <laughs> he's a Benjamin Franklin every game he goes out there. Yeah, no, he's he's putting up big time numbers, even though he didn't find the end zone. I mean, people have to account for him, and mm. and you know, I mean, and he and he's Cole what Dixon makes him go. Started adding a little bit to the rushing game. Colin yeah. Harrison's had some good games this season. So yeah, and they have multiple weapons there, and then Chase Gorman. I was looking at his completion percentages. Is it um, up there? It's it up good? there. I think. He was like four for six in one game. I want to say seven for ten in another game, wow. eight for ten in another game, and then seven for eight. Yeah. So I think the most he's had in a game is like two incompletions. Wow. In a game. And and I mean that and it's not like he's just throwing you know two or three passes. It's you know eight passes. Yeah, he's been, yeah, yeah. eight to ten usually yeah. per game. He's got Mike Hendrickson was kind of his number one guy early in the season. Tyler Disrocher has been uh, making some waves recently though, mm-hmm. um, and then he's uh, been throwing to Hughes actually a little bit out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, too. I'm so excited got, to see. I'm, all kinds I'm of going weapons. to that game on Friday, so I'm excited to see them play because I haven't seen them yet this year. Oh yeah, so. they're, they're a treat to watch, and uh, you know the the offensive line, the defensive lines are both excellent. Yeah. Um, Brandon McKinnon's uh, kind of one of the biggest, strongest kids in the whole area. Mm-hmm. Uh, really anchors that line, uh, and uh, you know they they got the uh, secondary probably is the area that you know maybe you know maybe doesn't need the most work, but like is the area to kind of watch and you know an yeah. area of concern as as they move forward. But they've been playing better than they did early in the season, so that's a nice positive sign. All right, so that game is Dighton Rehoboth at Aponaquit at four p.m. on Friday. So then at 4.30 on Friday, uh, Bourne will be visiting uh, Fairhaven, 
Blue Devils looking to get their uh, second win of the year. Uh, they were able to beat Wareham earlier this year. Wareham beat Bourne pretty solid. What was that, 28 yeah, nothing was, or yeah, something was, along those lines? Was, yeah, I think, yeah, either that or 28-6, to six, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, uh, you know, this is definitely a winnable game for yeah. the Blue Devils. Yeah, I mean, Bourne has really struggled this year. Uh, they're winless on the season. Um, they've been outscored a combined 120-34 to 34, uh, with losses to Upper Cape, Wareham, as we were just talking about, Case and Martha's Vineyard. Um, they've only reached double digits once all season, uh, scoring 14 points against Case. And uh, Jamon uh, Scott has uh, three of the team's four touchdowns so far this year. Four touchdowns. So they've only scored How many four individual touchdowns? kids do we have with at least four touchdowns? <laughs> we have a lot. Probably almost every team we have has someone with yeah, four touchdowns. Yeah, where's Buddy's list? Uh, so, I mean, this is a game that Fairhaven should win. I mean, you know, obviously you have to go out, you have to play, you can't look past them. But, you know, um, it would be a great way for them to bounce back from that loss to Case last week. I mean, they kind of... Case really took one. it to him. Yeah, yeah forty-two to, to six, um, and they had had some of that momentum from that Wareham win, which was you know an exciting win. It was at home. Mm-hmm. It was you know, um, and it, they just came out and it was just tough. Um, Peter Joseph uh, had the team's lone touchdown. He's had two uh, rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks, and he also threw um, uh, a touchdown in the uh, the previous week uh, at that Wareham game. So and now he's not, playing for Cam Gordon. Do yeah. we know what his status is? Or? I don't know what his status is. Um, I know he had. Uh, I think he had turned his ankle at uh, during the Wareham game, but he had already had, I want to say we had like a turf toe or something prior to that. So he was already kind of limping around. Yeah, already nicked up. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of banged up. So uh, so I don't know if he'll be back yet or not. Um, but it sounds like Peter Joseph, Joseph, I mean, even though the offense didn't really do a heck of a lot as far as finishing, um, you know, he's he's been able to kind of be the guy, you know, to carry the load while um, while uh, Gordon's out. So he uh, still had a good game on the ground, right? 150 yards. He had like 106 yep, yards. Yeah, but he, he didn't end up scoring. Nothing you know, in the end that, zone, that's the yeah. thing is finishing. You know, um, and I'm not sure. And it sounded like they when they really tried to stop the run in the second half, they were able. I think yeah, they, yeah, they had like 106 yards in the first half and like 16 or 18 or something in the second. Yeah, half. they clamped down in that second half, yeah. and I don't know how many turnovers or things like that they had. But um, but yeah, I mean this th- this is a great game for Fairhaven to have come in you know kind of let's forget about case no. you know because at that point i mean we were talking going into last week that that if they wanted to have a chance at that small title like they had to beat case you yeah. know and and that didn't happen so um, so they need to get this one to kind of stay in that middle mi- territory yeah you yeah know? you don't want to stay at the bottom. ahead of where yeah. hammond born yeah but maybe a step below case and seacon yeah so um so yeah so that game is uh born at Fairhaven, four thirty on friday all right, so we move to uh, Saturday. Uh, we'll start with uh, Bishop Stang opening up its conference schedule. Here, the Spartans are coming off of a bye. They're two and two, and they're hosting Coyle Cassidy at one o'clock. Yep, and uh, you know their their bye kind of came out the right time. You know, um, they had had the, those losses to uh, what was it, Cardinal Spellman and Middleborough, and mm-hmm. it really seemed like they kind of needed. And that Middleborough one was tough because they had a big lead. And yeah, they and they, Middleborough scored I think three straight touchdowns. Yeah, so you know, game. two and two. You know, although they had it was at the week they won week four, right? Yeah, that was they, a fourteen yeah, seven win. Yeah, that was that. That was, I think it was against Sandwich. Um, yep. and so that so. But I think they still didn't feel like, even though they won that game, like it wasn't a complete game. You know, it was like we still have a lot to work on, especially where, you know, the EAC was starting up. One of your ugly wins. Yeah, you know what I mean? One of those ugly wins. Um, But Coyle um, has... uh, has has lost uh, back-to-back um, games to to Mashpee and West Bridgewater um, after opening the year with wins over Atlantis Charter um, and Bristol Plymouth. So if you see who Coyle has beaten, it's Atlantis Charter um, and Bristol Plymouth, which 
a know, lower level team, lower division le- yeah. seven, eight, so, division eight teams. Um, yeah. You know, this should be a game. I mean, it should be competitive. Both two and two coming into this um, this game, they both I think are struggling a little bit. Um, you know, on offense overall for the season. I know uh, Coyle the last two games had just scored a combined sixteen points, while Stang hasn't really been putting up big numbers outside mm-hmm. of that first game of the year, yeah, um, which I was at. And you know, they they yeah. looked good in that game, but it was kind of a they looked good against. Some competition that wasn't really ready yeah. to play and wasn't very disciplined. And I mean, you know, although they did have, I think it was was a week three. The Frankie Hernandez man and went off for the yeah, 180 big, yards yeah, and three touchdowns. Yeah, he had a big game that week. But uh, I mean, this this should be a great game. I mean, I think they're going to be two evenly matched teams. Um, you know, on paper at least. Uh, you know, we'll see how it is when they actually go out and play. Um, but you know, opening the EAC, I know Fian is a little bit down exactly. this year. Exactly. So this so week this, might be right for the taking this year. Yeah, this is huge. So if I mean, if Stang can can beat Quill, I mean. You know, you play Fian, and if Fian is is what their record says they are, you know, then uh, then you might have a shot. And yeah. hey, that would be a great a great way to turn around a, a two and two start to the season by winning the EAC. So uh, um, that game is uh, one o'clock. Uh, Quail Cassidy at Bishop Stang on Saturday. All right. So then, uh, Old Colony, uh, one of our four and O teams here, is uh, going to Cape Cod Tech. For a one o'clock game, uh, I believe I actually covered this game last year. Did you? And it Must was have been uh, at Old Colony. Then. It was at Old Colony, and it was I believe eight nothing Cape Cod Tech. Yeah, it was a, won it, yeah. and it was just kind of like whoever found the end zone was going to win that game. I think game. I remember reading that story. There was a lot of being nothing. Like, oh. you know, it was a little Durfee Dartmouth there, kind of. Yeah. A lot of teams kind of you know drive stalling out at midfield or you know yeah, outside our, the thirty. Yep. And, um, you know, just kind of playing thirty to thirty. Exactly. Yeah. Playing you know just wearing down that middle of the field. Um, but this old colony team seems better this year than last year's oh, team. Oh, God, yeah. Certainly. A lot of the same weapons, so just kind of showing that progress um, in what Coach Mendes has been doing with them. So, you know, they're off to a great start here. Uh, they had one of their biggest tests of the season with last Blue week Hills. against wow. Blue Hills, yeah, and then they, uh, they performed well, admirably. Yeah, and I mean, the defense. The defense held Blue Hills to just eight points in that game. You know, granted, the offense, you know, they only scored two touchdowns, but when your defense is only giving up one, you know, I mean, that's a heck of a game there. They've only actually given up um, two touchdowns touchdowns in a game once this year so you know, they've they might have they've probably given up more than maybe what five touchdowns all year four or five all year yeah yeah because i know they did I wonder that. who has is it old colony's defense allowed less touchdowns or Bourne's offense has scored oh less i don't touchdowns. know we'll have to do the math afterwards and figure that out um but they've outscored the competition 106 to 26 uh their wins have come over um holbrook keith tech bristol plymouth and blue hills and uh, the big guy for them is Thomas Danton. I feel like we are mm-hmm. always talking about this guy last week. Three-time football player of the week Three-time football player of the week. Although, uh, uh, you know, there may be a little ballot box stuffing going on here. Yeah, uh, yeah, we have a lot. the Cougars. Yeah, we're going to have uh, people from other schools also uh, come on and vote. Yeah. Uh, represent on there. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's found the end zone, I think, every single time this uh, this year, every week this year. Last week, uh, I think it was just, you know, it was once. They only scored two in the game. Uh, I think he led them maybe with, uh, was like, 88 yards. I no, think that was. wasn't. didn't oh, lead them. There was somebody did, else okay. had a 130 or 140 yards okay. rushing. Um, I saw the name, and I, it wasn't Matt Bumpus or Kyle Scholes or any the usual okay. names or Phil Presley or anything. It was. Uh, it wasn't Proctor. I don't. Phil I don't Proctor? think it was. Phil, it was a name that I wasn't uh, too familiar with. We didn't cover that, but I was reading the uh, okay the Globe or the Herald story, the Boston Herald story on it. Yeah. Um, so so he didn't find the end zone, but yeah, whoever it was that had had a big rushing game. 
Yeah, and I mean, all their touchdowns this year have come on the I like ground. How I called Phil uh, Presley, Phil Proctor, Phil Presley. He's oh, was that former Celtics point guard? <laughs> Phil Presley. I was sitting here saying I don't recognize that name, but maybe it was. Uh, <laughs> that was close. One of those Phil P names. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they've gotten it jo- done on the ground. Like you know, pound it out. Let's let's just move. I don't the think chains. they have a touchdown pass this season. No, right? that's no, still true. Yeah. No, I mean, as far I, I'm. I'm Pretty sure both touchdowns came on the ground against Old Col- um, against Blue Hills. Yeah, because the other one was a short yeah. run by Matt yeah, Bumpus. Yeah, I was about to say that's what I, that's what I thought. Um, but they face a Cape Cod Tech team um, that's given up 181 points in uh, five games. So the defense maybe not as good as last year's then. Yeah, um, and they've only scored 77 in those five games, um, and they've lost to they're one and four, so they've lost to Monomoy, Tri County, Blue Hills, and South Shore. Um, so they lost to the Blue Hills team that Old Colony beat. Yep, and uh, they've only scored more than uh, twenty or more points twice all year. So, um, so yeah, this is a. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say chalk it up for a win, but because they have to go out and play. But this is this is a team that Old Colony. Yeah, it's a very winnable. That's what uh, I said. A lot of these four and zero teams are probably going to be looking at five and zero if if they go out and execute the way yeah. they can. Yes, yeah. If they play that the way that they have been playing, you know, it's a winnable game for Old Colony. So, and that game is. Uh, at uh, Cape Cod Tech, Saturday at 1 p.m. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, one of the games. It's not a local game, but it's probably one of the ones the local fans are most excited for. Uh, New Bedford at an awesome 4-0. Uh, Mark DeBritta was just named the Patriots Coach of the Week. Uh, Andre Tippett came down to the school on uh, Tuesday and uh, presented him with that and award. And Brendan has an awesome story online, uh, so check, check it out. out. Check South it Coast out. Today, com. Uh, we also have the video on there and everything. You can watch it presentation they had the football players the cheerleaders there everyone was very excited um you know just kind of doing great things for the school as a whole it just kind of feels like you know even being there and it's in the hallway it seems like there's just, like it's amazing kind of what to, just the football team can do for kind of the whole atmosphere and the whole vibe going on in the hallways there uh it just seemed really positive and uh they're coming off of a really big win over barnstable they've been Huge. tested the last couple of weeks they won at bridgewater random they beat barnstable at home and uh, now they have a Fian team that they were able to beat last year. Um, and it seems like Fian's not quite as strong this year as they have been. Although uh, I mentioned I noticed uh, they still have uh, Caleb Fourier, yep. who is one of the best players I've seen in my five years of covering high school sports around here. Yeah, and I went through I went through their box scores. Uh, they played five games. I went through their box scores, and I didn't see his name listed. Oh, is he not bad? I thought he so was I a don't know junior he, I don't last know if year. I he's back so he, or not, or maybe is he injured? Okay, because I, I know he committed to Colorado. Maybe I'm off. I thought he was a Yeah, okay, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see him on there. The one name that kept uh, jumping out to me is Nick Nor- Norco. Um, he... Uh, they ended up winning last week. They ended up a four-game um, losing streak by beating Malden Catholic last week, and he had a hand in all five touchdowns uh, for the Shamrocks. Um, he threw the game-tying touchdown pass, and he scored on a 61-yard uh, game-winning touchdown in that game. So he had four rushing touchdowns, and he threw for a touchdown. And for the season, um, Norco has four rushing touchdowns. He's actually caught a touchdown pass, and he's thrown for two. So he's the one that was like, in their Big box in that score, game, over it sounded like he again. wasn't there the other games, right? Uh, that was all of his rushing touchdowns for the season. Yeah, so but he's had, but he's had the receiving, and then he's also had um, you know another passing touchdown too. Uh, but they haven't really been putting up, putting up a ton of points prior to that game. You know, they, they had uh, started off the year with with four losses. I don't have in front of me exactly who they lost to, um, but but. Um, but they're, I, I would say that they are definitely down this year. I mean, you know, from from what they've been in the past, you know, usually, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're last always, year was an yeah. incredible game between the two. New Bedford ended up winning yeah. it in the end, but it it was uh, finally got actually kind of started their 
run that they've been on ever since where they've won 10 out of 11. Yep. That started with beating Fian in the middle of last season. Yeah, and that was and then a big And the only loss they've had since them. then was the one playoff loss. To, yeah, uh, with Nosset. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was Nosset. One of those N N two. I was a Nate Nosset. Yeah, yeah. Off, but, yeah. And uh, the the Whalers are averaging twenty eight point two points per game. Um, they're only giving up seventeen point two. Uh, I know you were, um, you know, the the game this past week. Uh, yep, I saw I that mean, one. I saw the Women Hanson game. I mean, they they have everything you want in a high school football team. Yeah. There's not any real glaring weakness. You know, the, the lines are excellent on both sides of the ball. The linebackers, which is maybe a question mark coming into the season because they graduate a lot of their linebackers. Linebackers are playing really well, led by David Abola-Rinwa. Um, He's had some excellent games. The Souza brothers are excellent, mm-hmm. Bill and Belois. Um, they're also on the starting offensive line, which is just really strong. Tyreek Williams, Eric Dosenberg, like... And we haven't even gotten into the guys who are scoring all the touchdowns, which is yeah. Nigel Palmer, yep. Ethan Medeiros, and then Shahid Barrows, who hasn't been scoring quite as many touchdowns, just has been making plays. Offense, defense, he kind of contributed everywhere in that last game with two interceptions. One was a pick six. Um, he had a really important forced fumble and recovery. He just kind of <laughs> wrenched the ball out of the ball carrier, just kind of well, took it away from well, him. Well, we were saying last week going into that ma- matchup with Barnstable, when is he going to get going on offense? Yeah. But it doesn't sound like he even really needs to. Uh, so I'll say that maybe <laughs> the one thing that I questioned a little bit. So he had a lot of single coverage, and they were usually only playing one safety. So... <laughs> He was not getting double, triple teamed. There were, and they really didn't throw the ball no. deep to him at all. I know he's been kind of dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue. Okay. Um, and, so maybe that's why. You know, so maybe that's it. But uh, it even seemed like, because the, they were, you know, the cornerback was playing eight yards off him. So it seemed like there were some inside slants that could have yeah, been available. Gotten, you know, and they, they threw the ball to him, I want to say, four times for about 30 yards. Um, and he ran the ball once. Uh, but, yeah, they really. Seemed like they still could have tried to get him the ball a little bit more yep. uh, in that game. Uh, they won it, so it's hard to question you know the game plan afterwards. Yeah. But that did seem like an opportunity to kind of like get him going on offense. Uh, it seemed like they threw it to him even less in that game than they did in the Whitman Hansen game when they had a safety always on his side and they often had a linebacker kind of shading over to that side and they were playing a little bit more press coverage. So uh, that was maybe the one thing I took out of that one was it seemed like there were some chances to get Shahid open. And uh, they didn't always take advantage of him. A couple of them were some miscommunications. There were a couple of pass plays that were up to him. And, you know, he, he kind of uh, cut off the route or saw something that Ethan had a little bit different idea and threw deep on. But I'm sure they're working hard to get on that same page. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, what's working is working. Exactly. The, the, you know, and he's the type of guy who, you know. He's going to have an impact no matter yeah, what. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to hang his head. He's going to stay in the yes. game. He's going to be paying attention. Even if he's running routes and not always getting thrown the ball on offense, he makes two picks. He comes up with a huge fumble, yeah. forced and recovery. And I'm sure he's block, you know, doing some downfield blocking. Oh, downfield blocking. blocking. He's great you know, at that. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, he did have one terrible punt uh, that he uh, <laughs> caught in the end zone and then tried to run out of the end zone. Uh, and uh, it ended up that uh, with the new rules, the yeah. new National High School yeah. Federation rules, as soon as the ball crosses uh, the goal line, you know, it's yeah. a touchback. But uh, he, yeah, he, he would have been a, instead of being a touchback, he tried to run out and got to like the two. <laughs> oh, and uh, everyone was kind of like, no, don't do it. But, you know, those types of things, clean yeah. up a few of those little things. And ninety eight percent of everything that the Whalers are doing seem to be working. Yep, and that so that game is on the road. Uh, it's New Bedford at Bishop Fian Saturday at two p.m. Yeah, Whalers looking to go five and zero. Oh. Five and zero. Oh. And then uh, we had one game that uh, this was originally a one o'clock game. Noon. Noon game originally. Yes. Somerset Berkeley uh, at Old Rochester, but has now been moved to Mass Maritime at four p.m. At four p.m. on, on Saturday. Saturday. Yep. 
Uh, and this, I mean, this kind of worried about field conditions. There, yeah. Right? And they only have, we know the condition of the new old Rochester field. Yes. It's been well chronicled. Yeah. And uh, with all the rain we're going to get this week, it just sounds like they're a little worried about yeah, what the field gonna, conditions they're, will they're be. They're worried it was just going to be a mud pit. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be raining, you know. Which is what they were hoping for in the playoffs last year. <laughs> but. Yeah. I don't know if they want a mud pit right now. Um, but, you know, it, it's supposed to rain between four and five inches between now and uh, I think Friday night or Saturday. So, you know, let's play it safe. Let's. Let's secure the turf field, even though we have to change it a little bit in time. It's um, a beautiful place to play. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. It's gorgeous. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ocean all around you. Beautiful new new turf, too. Yeah. Um, I just put in for the season. So, uh, Old Rochester comes into this one with a good amount of momentum. Mm -hmm. uh, they've won back-to-back -back games since that loss to Aponiquit. They beat uh, Vogue Tech two weeks ago, and, and then they had that exciting win over Dighton Rehoboth. That was kind of that grind out slash defensive stand at the end mm -hmm. um you know a lot of emotion uh from that game at least at least that's what i felt from reading brennan's story it seemed like it was kinda, absolutely a lot of emotion know, i mean when they made that stop on yeah. uh not even fourth down it was actually on the point after attempt yeah, the um and uh they just you know it was like they'd won a sec championship or something yeah. they were you know running the kids are coming off the sidelines kids on the field jumping in the air celebrating uh well-earned victory for them um you know it did they did a lot of the things that they want to do. Jackson Cody ran for a lot of yards. He didn't find the end zone, but they would get down to the two or the three. They had Cam Brzezinski to go to, yeah, he ran one in, game. and then uh, caught two short passes there. They kind of figured out this one little play where Cam uh, lined up at fullback and kind of came out of the, the backfield uh, into the flat, and uh, it was open every time on a rollout for Ryan Thomas. And uh, Cam, yeah, big, he also had a sack. He had a, mm -hmm. uh, a fumble recovery. I'm trying to remember if it was forced or recovery. He had, okay. was involved in a fumble uh, recovery, yep. I believe it was. And uh, also was one of the guys who got in on the big tackle at the end uh, yeah. when uh, from one and a half yards out, uh, DR tried to run it in. Uh, QB sneak behind the center. And Old Rogers just kind of stood him up. Uh, Aiden Tremley mm -hmm. and um, Rocco, oh, I'm forgetting his last name, on the interior of the line. And then uh, the linebackers, uh, Mata and DeWolf were right there yeah. to make the stop. And, uh, I mean, the way that, you know, coming up with a big defensive play like that, you know, I know they gave up the 27 points, but, you know, when, when they needed them, you know, the defense was there. Yeah, and, and talking to Bryce afterwards, he said that's been the case in a lot of games yeah. this year. Is like, it's not even like a bend but don't break because they gave up four touchdowns. Yeah. But it's kind of like a, if there's a play here or a play there that we need to have, we get those plays. Yeah. It's just kind of bringing that attitude to all the well, plays. Well, they kind of did the same thing against Dartmouth, you know, in that game. Um, you know, Dartmouth had the ball in overtime first, and they weren't able to score. And then, you know, uh, Old Rochester held them, and then Old Rochester was able to score. So they, they had to make those four stops, um, you know, within the 10-yard line um, in that game and, and kind of rose to the occasion. Um, but, I mean, this is a huge game. Um, you know, I know Poniquit, we can talk about Poniquit being undefeated and at the top of the conference, but um, this has huge title implications. Absolutely. I mean, we, we keep talking about this. You know, um, Somerset, Berkeley, so, if, so if Old Rochester can beat Somerset Berkeley, yep. then that would make it so that would put a Poniquit in the driver's seat. In the driver's seat. And they would, they would have, be the last undefeated team. You know, if they beat Somerset, if they went out, it's over. It's theirs. Um, if Old Rochester beats Somerset and then Somerset beats a Poniquit, then we have the three-way yep. tie. Um, yep. You know, so, I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> you know, and then if Somerset beats Old Rochester. It kind of knocks Old Rochester out of the race. They're out of the race. And then the Poniquit, Somerset, Berkeley game take all, winner huge. Take, yeah, winner take all in that game. So, even though this isn't the, the Poniquit, Somerset matchup that we're going to be talking about, uh, I think it's next week. I I'm believe not, so. I think it is. You know, we're going to be harping on that next week, but like, 
you know, this is a huge game because mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to dictate what you know what the storyline is for next next yeah. weekend for this pretty much the strange title. position for the Lakers. I think they'll be rooting for the Bulldogs. Yeah, you know that's that you know because that would make it so that you know they're going to get at least a share. Yep. You know what I mean? If OR wins, then Aponiquit gets at least a share of the title. Um, you know, which obviously they, I'm pretty sure that they want it outright. But uh, Somerset Berkeley, uh, they opened the year with the loss to Durfee in week one, and they've won three straight games since that. Um, it's kind of hard to tell from last week. They they beat a team in Rhode Island, Carventry, Rhode Island, uh, 28-21 in that game. So, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, how great Coventry is compared yeah, to... Yeah, I know Coventry, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I used to actually work for a paper that, that covered them years <laughs> and years ago. Um, but that was about, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, but uh, a big guy for them um, is Ethan Robidoux. Um, he leads them uh, with six touchdowns this year, including five rushing. Um, the quarterback, um, Brandon Medeiros, um, he has two touchdown passes this year, um, and he also plays defense. He had an interception return um, for a touchdown in that w- win last week against Carventry. So he's kind of an impact player on both sides. Um, but Ethan, you know, um, is kind of their go-to in that offense, that uh, double-wing offense, which is always tough. Um, to kind seems of seems like it's put up more points in years past, though. Yeah, that the but, offense isn't quite scoring as much this year as it yeah, always has. Yeah, but it, but a lot of misdirection and kind mm-hmm. of not being fooled. I think yeah, is, is follow the, key. the ball. Yeah, follow the ball and and make sure you make the right reads and, and don't don't get fooled because yeah. uh, that's one thing that old Rochester, um, you know, uh, coach. Bryce Gilbo has been telling me over and over again is like, you know, the big plays have hurt them. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times they've given up some big plays this year, um, and you know. It, it, you know, the double double wing offense. Sometimes that can, if you do get fooled, mm-hmm. it leads to a big play. So um, I think they're going to try and uh, you know really kind of clamp down there. Hopefully, um, but you know, not a lot of teams run it, so it's not like you see it all the time. And you know, um, so I know they've been practicing for that this week. But this is a huge game uh, for the conference standings, um, and uh, really will shape kind of how next week, uh, you know, the storyline for next week. So, and that game is uh, Somerset Berkeley versus Old Rochester at Mass Maritime at 4 p.m. on Saturday. So that's the slate of games for this week. Uh, We'll have all kinds of coverage. Follow along, as you always do, on SC underscore Varsity on Twitter. We'll be putting up some highlight videos and stuff on Instagram. It's at SC Varsity, no underscore. And, uh, of course, we uh, put everything up also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash South Coast Varsity MA. Somebody took the SC Varsity from us, some (laughs) South Carolina folks or south coast of australia or something took it before we could clab it but uh, you can read all the coverage on southcoasttoday.com on southcoastvarsity.com and in the sunday edition of the standard times with the exception of that old rochester game which will be in the monday edition of the standard times yeah and um and like we've been doing the last few weeks, we'll have a, a poll. Um, so get out there and vote for, for who you thought had the top uh, football performance of the week. Um, usually we put we that up. we got to get a school to step up here and uh, stop the uh, old colony army of voters here that have been, uh, yeah, like you I know. said, filling the ballot box for the last uh, three weeks here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, um, I mean, these a lot of these kids are working hard, and uh, let's see if we can get some uh, kind of, uh, you know, more votes out there. And, uh, yeah, you a little know. more variety here. Yeah, so, um, but, uh, you know, it's been great to see all the different kids kind of being recognized, um, you know, where, where we're able to kind of highlight some of the yeah, kids. Yeah, even the nominees. Yeah, it's, uh, nice you know, it's kind of, it's almost kind of like a highlight reel. You know, obviously it's not mm-hmm. a video, but, like, you kind of see, like, all right, these were the top performers of the week. And, like, you know, and, and a lot, like Brennan was saying at the st- uh, start of the podcast, I mean, 
we're having a great season. Mm-hmm. You know, we only have two teams. Kind of the opposite of last year. Last year, we only had two teams finish above 500 by the end of the year. Yeah. and This year, it's probably at least half our teams will finish above 500. You I mean, know. I, just going through it. Aponiquit, Old Colony, New Bedford. I think they're all finishing above 500. Oh, yeah. And then probably Old Rochester, too. And so that kind of throws the, the Vogue and the Stang are probably the two in the middle. Yeah, to see where the, the, the biggest question marks, they go and they the could go either the way. Yeah, but Not, um, you know, and then you know, who knows? Uh, you know, Fairhaven. Uh, you know, I haven't looked at the fully the rest of their schedule. Um, Dartmouth, it might it might be tough to get back to five hundred for Dartmouth. Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, it's all going to depend once that non-playoff schedule comes out. You know, who, yeah. who the teams are playing. You know, um, but you know, they're probably in and a tougher division. You probably got to pick one more win up before then. I'm trying to think how many games, but you figure you got the Fairhaven game on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Too. Um, yeah, so yeah, they they got a chance too. Everyone's got a chance to finish five hundred. So yeah, so that that wraps up uh, the the yeah, preview week, for this week. Week. Uh, week five recap, week six preview, and as always, thanks for listening. You can listen to this podcast wherever you get them: Google Play, uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Uh, in some instances, uh, you can search uh, South Coast Today or the Standard Times, and you'll find us. And uh, as always, thanks for listening.